0: Fishing for a show aimed at the outdoor enthusiast? Tune in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app.
1: Welcome in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops. If you love fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors and want to make it even better, you're in the right place with host Rob Keck. Your adventure starts right here.
0: Good morning and welcome, and thanks for tuning into Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, where truly your adventure starts right here. I'm Rob Keck, your host, and I hope that you're having a wonderful weekend social distancing somewhere in the great outdoors and i think it's only appropriate to share the words of president trump's presidential message on the shooting sports where he said and i quote we commemorate our constitutional right to bear arms by celebrating america's cherished pastime of recreational and competitive shooting sports our great nation has a rich history of fostering responsible gun ownership And in the early days of our republic, turkey shoots were encouraged, community engagement, and brought families closer together. And as our country grew, these local events developed into large regional and national events and competitions that drew thousands of spectators. By the late 19th century, sharpshooters from, uh, well, Pawnee Bill and Annie Oakley established popular shows with Wild West and other themes, touring the country with acts featuring their talent with firearms. These pioneering American folk heroes demonstrated the courage, skill, and persistence necessary to excel in shooting sports and that reflect our founding values. Today, we continue to promote interest in such social pastimes that celebrate our rich and unique history of the shooting sports. As we encourage our fellow Americans to take part in learning more about firearms, including safety and proper instruction, we also pledge to continue to doing our part to ensure that our rights are never infringed upon. Enshrined in the Bill of Rights, our Second Amendment protects the individual liberties of Americans to keep and bear arms. Since my first day in office, I've made clear that my administration will always protect and defend the Second Amendment. We will continue to oppose those individuals and policies that attempt to tread on this essential and cherished liberty. I ask those americans who currently participate in the shooting sports to share this cherished tradition with others together we can proudly ensure that the next generation knows how to safely and responsibly enjoy their second amendment freedoms end of quote and again those were the words of president donald j trump a true champion of our second amendment while well, playing off the president's words what many americans fail to realize is that guns are the greatest tool of conservation. The excise tax and farms and ammunition and related equipment known as Pittman-Robertson Act funds have generated billions of dollars for conservation. Take those funds away and there is no funding, no funding for wildlife conservation. And as I personally have admonished over the years that without guns, we can't hunt. Without hunting and guns, we can't fund wildlife conservation. And without conservation, we lose wildlife. Well, the outcome of the upcoming November election for the House, Senate, and the White House will have a tremendous impact on not only our Second Amendment, but also conservation. Hunters and recreational shooters are truly, indeed, the heroes of conservation. Something very critical in preserving our hunting and fishing heritage is that sportsmen and women vote, and on this show, you will hear some alarming statistics that show that hunters and anglers are actually an unreliable voting block. Yes, an unreliable voting block. In fact, you'll learn about the large number of hunters and anglers that are not even registered to vote. Well, let me tell you, if you're not registered to vote, you cannot help those candidates that are committed to the protection and the preservation of our Second Amendment and our hunting and fishing heritage. On today's show, we are pleased to have with us the CEO of Hunter Nation, Luke Hilgeman, who will talk to us about Hunt the Vote. And kicking off for us today is Joe Bartosi, the president and CEO of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, where he will talk to us about NSSF's gun vote. Well, both Hunt the Vote and Gun Vote are playing big roles to engage hunters, recreational shooters, and gun owners to vote. By the way, Joe and I were at the White House where we were privileged to be with president trump re-signed the into law the great american outdoors act so please welcome back to outdoor world my good friend joe bartosi hey rob thanks so much for having me it's great to be back here again look it was great to be with you in the white house at the presidential signing of the great american outdoors it was a great day for america and america's public lands why don't you share just very quickly your feelings on being there at the signing and the impact of this
2: historic act and just what it will do well, first of all, it was an honor to be to be invited to the White House to see this thing. Um, you know, this is a really important piece of legislation that was signed into law here. You know, not only because of the fact it was bipartisan, which in today's gridlocked uh, politics, that was that in and of itself is quite an accomplishment. But you know, it's going to it's going to deal with the substantial backlog of deferred maintenance. It's going to allow uh, increased public access uh, to lands by hunters and shooters it's going to really uh, ensure full dedicated funding for the Land and Water Conservation Fund. I mean, this is really a big deal, and it's going to help create jobs, it's going to create access for hunters and shooters to the outdoors.
0: Landmark, historic. Joe, what does it mean to hunters and recreational shooters and the firearms industry to have the President of the United States deliver a presidential message,
2: just like I read on National Shooting Sports Month? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's really important uh, that the president take a stand here. And, you know, President Trump has been a really good and strong advocate for the right to hunt and to engage in recreational competitive shooting sports. It's critical to send the message to hunters and shooters that we're not some fringe element of society. You know, there's 100 million gun owners in America and that number is growing. So to get this message from the president sends a clear and supportive message for lawful firearms ownership in this country. I think it's a it's a great thing that he did. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's going to take us to our first break.
0: We return, going to continue our visit with the National Shooting Sports Foundation's Joe Bartosi. This and a whole lot more coming right up. And I'm Rob Keck, your host right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World.
1: Sirius XM's Rural Radio is your guide
3: to the agricultural markets where expert analysts and traders join our discussion live. Your information. Open up the farm and the challenges we face. You can learn how to do it for yourself. Rural Radio,
0: your gateway to the rural lifestyle. The latest information about hunting, fishing, and more. Rural
1: Radio is the leader in Western sports. We talk about the latest in Western sports. Professional rodeo, bull
0: riding. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. one forty-seven. Or listen on your phone when you get out of your car with the Sirius XM app in 1912 Theodore Roosevelt said there can be no greater issue than that of conservation in this country more than a century later his statement has never been more meaningful the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership promotes Roosevelt's commitment to the sporting life by guaranteeing that all Americans have quality places to hunt and fish visit trcp.org to learn more and take action Welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and if you've just tuned in, we're visiting with the president and the CEO of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, my good friend Joe Bartozzi. Joe, over the last six months, you know, we've seen a record, a record number of gun sales across this country. What has driven these sales, and, and how many new gunners, gun owners have joined our ranks during that time?
2: Yeah, Rob, the, the numbers from uh, January to July have been just extraordinary, up substantially, almost double from what they were last year at the same time. But we estimate between uh, January and July, there are about 5 million first-time new gun owners. And that's a ter- an unbelievable statistic. And, you know, we, we see, like everyone else, there's three main factors an uh, election year, which this year is typically gun sales do tend to run a little bit higher. But this year has been extraordinary in that. The rhetoric coming from anti-gun candidates is something we've never seen before. So I think that's driving some of this. Of course, the pandemic and the uncertainty over how this is going to play out. uh, There's an instinctive need that people sense to protect themselves and their families. And that's driving a lot of this. And of course, the third biggest thing is in this perfect storm is the civil unrest we've seen, the rioting and looting coupled with with the demand to defund police. It makes people realize that they have to defend themselves uh, potentially in a critical situation.
0: Well, there's no question that uh, all three of those things have, have driven people to, to gun stores to, to purchase firearms. And I guess I would ask, who are these new gun buyers?
2: Yeah, based on the information that we've been receiving from our members and our retailers out in the country, you know, surprisingly, about 50% of these new gun buyers are 40 years old and younger. So that's, that's a very interesting statistic. Uh, we know that 40% of the first-time gun buyers are female which is which is a great thing uh an empowering thing for them and you know uh we also see that many first time gun buyers are african american and hispanic so we in the gun owning community are welcoming and embracing this this new level of diversity that we perhaps haven't seen in uh, maybe ever uh and so that's really the, the new demographics are changing of gun owners and it's very exciting to see this well it really is and you know as we
0: know our country is so divided so polarized uh 19 has impacted our way of life in in so many respects and the upcoming november election well it could have some dramatic consequences on the impacts of our second amendment impacts on hunting fishing recreational shooting and conservation do we know if those new gun buyers and
2: gun owners do they vote yeah that's the million dollar question rob you know we don't know for certain uh we are optimistic uh, in that some of the polling we've done with some of these new bars indicates that, you know, many of them want the type, they want to choose what type of firearm they can they can purchase. Most of them oppose bans on modern sporting rifles. So these types of data points in, give us indications that could, if we should get them to the polls, they're going to vote in a way that protects their right to own whatever type of firearm they deem appropriate for their particular needs. So that I think, could create a formidable for voting block if that comes to pass so we can get into the polls.
0: Give me your personal thoughts. Do you think that, uh, you know, some of those people that uh, support the party that has been attacking the Second Amendment but yet have bought a firearm, do you think that they will break ranks and possibly vote for a candidate, uh, no matter whether it's in the House, Senate,
2: presidential, uh, that uh, supports that Second Amendment? You know, I, I do, because I think a lot of these folks are smart enough to realize that once rights are taken away, they're not coming back. Okay. So I think if they if they have really, uh, if they're honest in the, in the interest they've expressed in terms of having the choice to buy the type of fire and they want, they're smart enough to realize that that choice will be severely limited, if not altogether excluded by certain, if certain candidates get their way and get elected. So, I'm optimistic, as I said, but um, I, I believe they're going to ultimately make the right decision for their rights uh, and put that above, you know, other considerations. Yeah. Well, you know, I
0: just I'm with you. I mean, I have to assume these new gun owners would be supporters of our Second Amendment and the candidates that that support it as, as well. Uh, it's just amazing to me how many people out there that uh, are carrying firearms now that that didn't before. You know, you mentioned that high number of of women, that 40% of those new gun buyers being women. You know, I've seen it personally. I've seen it, uh, you know, here locally. Uh, The number of women that I know now are carrying is just amazing to me. And, uh, you know, for so many of them, uh, I know they said they've had a waiting list on concealed carry classes and uh, waiting lists for uh ranges to to have access to them talk to me just a little bit uh, here about uh, you know where are these new shooters going to get uh instruction uh safety uh instruction and and how to operate uh,
2: uh a firearm responsibly where are they going yeah right so we we have been concerned about about this and this is one of the reasons why frankly the NSF. Push so hard with the Department of Homeland Security to have ranges and retailers deemed essential businesses, because people, including law enforcement, need to go and get training, need to go and get equipment to, to be safe, whether it be a gun safe, whether it be hands-on training from instructors. So, so we, we're doing a lot of that to make sure ranges are open, and National Shooting Sports Month is a great time to do this. There are a lot of classes being held. We've got our First Shots program being picked up by a number of shooting ranges around the country that's giving people an opportunity to get their hands on a, uh, you know, with an instructor on a firearm and get some good safety training. Um, But, but really we're doing a lot of work online now, knowing that some people are social distancing. Some people are not comfortable perhaps going to a range uh, right at this moment, but there's a lot of resources available online at nssf.org. We've got videos on YouTube, which talk about range etiquette, safe handling, safe storage. So until the time that, People might be comfortable going to a range and meeting one-on-one with an instructor. They can do a lot of homework and research, um, you know, on their computer until such time as they can get out there to the field. Yeah, well, when they go online, excuse me,
0: will they be able to find uh, uh, locations of ranges that are possibly in their
2: local area? Yes, we we have a range locator. Uh, let's Go Shooting dot org uh, is a website dedicated to, to helping people getting and locating ranges and and actually teaching them what to do once they get there. So yeah, Let's Go Shooting dot org uh, and Let's Go hunting.org dot org is the same for those going to, looking for places to hunt. So very important websites that we that we own and populate. Great information and certainly a great service uh, to all of our
0: gun owners here in this country. Well, that's going to take us to our next break. We return, going to continue our visit with Joe and pick up with the NSSF's gun vote. This and a whole lot more coming right up. And I'm Rob Kank, your host here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us, and we will be right back
1: years ago, sportsmen led the first revolt to save what was left of North America's dwindling wildlife resources, and it took purpose and commitment. This crusade began with Theodore Roosevelt forming the Boone and Crockett Club in 1887. Since then, sportsmen and women have been at the forefront of every environmental revolution in this country, providing the vision, funding, and manpower to establish and run what has become the most successful system of wildlife management in the history of mankind. Yet to this day, our story remains relatively unknown, especially to those who don't hunt or fish. We must tell this story, but we need to do more than that. We must insist that others who claim to be conservationists but work tirelessly on campaigns to end all hunting honestly examine the evidence and then ask themselves where would the wildlife they cherish be without sportsmen's dollars and without sportsmen's efforts. Conservation had a beginning, but it has no end. To learn more, visit booneandcrockettclub.com.
0: And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us. And if you've just tuned in, we're visiting with the president and the CEO of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, Joe Bartosi. You know, Joe, surprising to many, but statistics say that hunters, anglers, recreational shooters are not a reliable voting block. You know, that just blows my mind. In fact, amazing to me is that there are not uh, even – many have not registered to vote which again is just amazing to me and nssf has a very focused two-fold effort that is called gun vote
2: tell us about the purpose of the program and how it works yeah gun vote is our way of getting folks registered to vote and then providing educational materials on the candidate's position so the first thing is we got to get people registered to vote as you mentioned, um, getting these folks that are new gun owners, that are hunters, shooters, to get out to the polls is extremely important. Uh, and once we get them registered, we're going to provide them information on what the candidates are saying to help inform their positions on, um, you know, what their rights may hold uh, under a particular administration. So it's really designed to, to provide information, how to find your polling place uh, once you do get registered and then, you know, to make and hopefully get you out there to vote. Well, I know
0: that uh, in previous election cycles uh, you've initiated this gun vote, and uh, you've got some history there. Tell us how effective gun vote has been
2: in getting gun owners registered yeah, we've been we've been doing a really good job of getting people to the site, and then we're seeing, um, of course, it varies state by state because a lot of them don't publish their registration things timely. But we're seeing extremely good success in getting people to register to vote. And, you know, this election of 2016, for example, you know, in 2016, the president won those battleground states by a very small margin. So getting people out and registered and voting their sport, as I like to say, um, whether it be hunting or recreation or shooting, could make a big difference uh, in, in these in these battleground states. So we've got to make sure we keep it up. So go to gunvote dot org um, and and do and do get on there if you haven't registered to vote please do so uh, and and then on come election day get out there and vote. Well, you know when voting occurs in November, you know many hunt
0: many hunters are going to be at hunting camps away from their precincts, their voting uh, polling places. What what does NSSF do to to you know at the last minute, let's say? to remind them to vote or to absentee vote or get them there so that those in t- good intentions they have don't fall by the wayside because, as you've pointed out, it was a very narrow margin, those swing states, that uh, that made the difference in that election. And uh, we've got to make sure that everybody knows that their vote really does count. So what do you do? What What's NSF for to to encourage
2: them to make sure they get to the polling places right when you click on gunvote.org the first thing you see is a clock that's counting down by the second until election day okay then there's of course a place to go and register to vote it links you with the secretary of state's office or other or other pertinent uh, locations in depending on which state you're from to make sure you can get registered and there when you get to those websites there is information on how to file absentee ballots how to apply for an absentee ballot of course 2020. Um, I think you can throw all the previous rules out the window now because it seems like there's so much debate on how we're actually going to be voting, whether it's going to be entirely absentee through the mail or whether they'll actually be polling places open. I think that's an open question, and certainly in many in many states uh, at this point at this point in time. But really, we send the message: get out and vote. You know, vote like the future of your sport, like the future of hunting depends upon it. And I think I just want to make one more point, And that is a lot of hunters believe, I think, incorrectly that, well, they're not going to be coming for my duck hunting shotgun. They're not going to be coming for my turkey gun or my deer rifle. They they think that just because they, they think they're safe, um, that doesn't matter. Right. Doesn't matter whether they think about modern sporting rifles or handguns. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. You know, once you start down that slippery slope of banning guns, it's just a matter of time. So I think don't get lulled into that false sense of security that they're not going to be coming from my gun um, because I don't think it's it's true. And you could hear what the candidates are saying. It's it's a very aggressive stance against anti anti gun, anti hunting, anti shooting sports right at this moment. Yeah,
0: well, excellent point for sure. And, you know, it's hard sometimes to sort out uh, just where some of these candidates do uh, do stand. I mean, they give you some uh, some varied uh, words that uh, would leave one confused. And I go back to this question on voter education material. How does NSSF disseminate voter education material on all these candidates that are up for election or re-election? And where can they find out more about that candidate's position on gun
2: matters? Yeah, you know, NSSF.org has a lot of information. And what we do is we research positions that candidates have taken, whether it be in public appearances, whether it be on television or radio shows. And we keep that information. We keep it because like around election time and, and, and you see it starting now, the, a lot of the anti-gun candidates are hiding their anti-gun credentials. They don't want to talk about it because they're afraid it might it might cause a backlash. But we have that information. We know what they've been saying for years. And we go ahead and we find that and we put it up on our gunvote.org site. Um, And at the moment, of course, the focus at this right at this moment in time here in August, uh, we're you know, we're looking at President Trump's positions and we're looking at Joe Biden's positions. But there's going to be a whole host of more information coming. And on our website, we post blogs constantly reminding voters about certain congressional uh, candidates, what they've done, what they've said. So keep, keep looking at our website, keep going to gunvote.org, uh, because again, they like to hide their anti-gun feelings. They like to hide what they've said and, and kind of hope it, that no one notices, but we've noticed and we're keeping track of it and we're going to be sp- spreading it far and wide in those battleground states particularly. All right. Tell us once again where the uh, our listeners can find the location of the polling places, assuming they've never been there. Right. You can go. There's two main places. Let me give you the go to gunvote.org, G-U-N-V-O-T-E dot org. There you will see three specific links. One will be to register to vote. One will be to find your polling place, and one will be to learn more about the candidate's positions. Those are the three major jumping off points that we provide to get people going in the right direction. And again, once you're, it's very simple to register to vote. That's easy. What's hard is getting out there to the polls on election day. And that's what we have to make sure people do to vote their sport, uh, because the future of the Second Amendment absolutely depends upon it in this election. Absolutely. Final thought just here in the last 15 seconds. Look, the most important thing I could say is, first of all, register to vote, register to vote, register to vote, get out there and vote on Election Day, because, again, this can't be a much more, you can't find a much more bigger contrast between the candidates positions than we've seen this year. And uh, now more than ever, we need your votes to help protect the Second Amendment.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for your leadership. All that NSSF is doing for the second amendment and for all of us that hunt shoot recreational uh uh time with our families thanks so much we're out of time we're going to be meeting up uh, when we come back with hunter nations luke hilgeman to discuss hunt to vote this and much more coming right up and i'm rob you're listening to bass pro shops outdoor world and we will be right back
4: This is a public service announcement test from TakeMeFishing.org to determine if you need a fishing license and boat registration before heading out on the water. Let's begin. Are you a bear? Do you have a beak? Does your name rhyme with old Beagle? Do you dart in front of cars? Here's a tough one. Do you have plumage? Do you rub your body against things to mark them? Do you have webbed feet? No, I mean like a... Were you hatched? Do you have fur? I'm not talking back hair. Does your boat fly south for the winter with the other boats? Regardless of how you answer, you need to be licensed and registered because it helps local conservation efforts protect the very natural resources you enjoy boating and fishing in for generations to come. Do your part at TakeMeFishing.org
0: welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just tuned in, we're discussing the need for hunters and anglers, recreational shooters and gun owners to be registered to vote in November and then encouraging them to vote. You know, on this show, neither of our guests nor myself is telling anyone on who to vote for, but rather we're encouraging everyone to exercise this privilege. And indeed, it is a privilege to vote. You know, in order for our democracy to function as it should, everyone needs to vote, and everyone needs to vote as an informed voter. People say that voting is a right, but in reality, it's a privilege. Voting is something that uh, not everyone has access to, so we must not take it for granted. You know, with us and for the remainder of the show, and talking to us about hunt the vote, is my good friend, the CEO of Hunter Nation, Luke Hilgeman. Luke. Welcome to Outdoor World.
5: Thank you, Robin. It's it's a pleasure to be with you,
0: Luke. I know you're an avid hunter and a com- and committed to the future of our hunting heritage. And you know, when I saw those pictures of you and your sons uh, with those big old Wisconsin gobblers, and those pictures, they spoke a thousand words. Tell us about your passion for hunting.
5: Yeah. So. Being born and raised here in Wisconsin, I was brought into the sport at a young age by my my father and my grandfather, my uncles, who passed on the heritage of our our whitetail traditions here to me when I was a young boy. I remember walking in the woods with them, probably from the age of about eight on, and just learning the fundamentals of a successful hunt. And I think the most fundamental thing that my dad taught me was, number one, safety, but number two, faith about how God has created this resource for us and why it's so important for us to be able to help manage it, use it in a responsible, respectful way, feed our families, feed our friends, feed our neighbors. And it's that passion and that faith that has uh, led me to this this role with Hunter Nation and Hunter Nation Foundation. Yeah, uh, Being able to bring kids and family out to the outdoors and share those times is, is the best times of life.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, through your professional c- career You've developed a deep understanding and built tremendous experience in political campaigns. Why don't you share with our listeners uh, what that's all about, sure. about yourself in that professional career? I think it's quite interesting.
5: Yeah, so I had the great option, opportunity and fortune to uh, work uh, for David and Charles Koch and helped run an organization called Americans for Prosperity. And when I started with the organization back in 2012, we were in about 10 states where we were building communities of activists to go out and push for economic policy change, and we built that up to 36 different states. We had just under 3 million activists, and what we learned is that the impact of face-to-face conversation with people at their doors, on the phone, um, is really where you can win the hearts and minds of this country. And so it's those experiences, having you know built a $100 million organization, um, and now, bringing that into the hunting and outdoor world is those those experiences that I draw from as we continue to build out Hunter Nation and Hunter Nation Foundation to try and protect the very future of the sport um, that we all love and that that 's my background that 's who i am and, and i 'm excited about where we 're headed
0: well, and that first question I threw to you, I picked up very quickly on. Some important values in life that you have why don't you just succinctly hit on those again because I think that's what this country needs those values that that you embrace that that are you why don't you share with our listeners again what they are
5: yeah so from little on it's been instilled in me and I'm hopefully I'm sharing it with my children that God is always first in our lives he is our creator he is the one that we draw all of our strength and power and faith from and it's it's why i'm a part of hunter nation is they put god first in their vision statement it's god family country and protecting our outdoor traditions and heritage and those four key pillars are what i hope to live my life by every day Uh, looking to god for guidance hoping that i'm expanding his kingdom for him and giving people the opportunity to live in a free prosperous society where we value hard work and we value uh, the opportunity to get to the outdoors with our family. And I think the family portion of it is just so key for me. You know, I, like I said, I moved my family out to Washington, D.C., lived out in the swamp for four years running Americans for Prosperity, had the good fortune of moving them back home here to Wisconsin. And I don't ever want to leave this this state of ours again just because of the wholesome nature of raising your kids where you were raised, giving them the opportunity to be around their grandparents and their aunts and uncles and cousins. And that's really... The dream that i live every day is being able to share those values with my children and then of course the opportunities that we have to get to the outdoors do it as often as we can not only on our farm chasing big whitetails and turkeys but also heading to the lake or heading to the stream any opportunity we can get to get to the outdoors is where you're going to find me and my family
0: well said your professional background your personal values in life your passion for hunting well, I think with that question, it's made you the perfect CEO to lead Hunter Nation. Tell us very quickly here uh, about Hunter Nation. There's probably listeners out there that aren't familiar. You've already touched on it in a couple of, of the comments you've made so far, but uh, quickly tell us about Hunter Nation.
5: So Hunter Nation is the fastest-growing grassroots organization in the country that's out there fighting to unite hunters. We say unite hunters because there's a lot of amazing organizations, many of which you've been a part of, I've been a part of, that are focused on protecting one area of hunting and conservation traditions or protecting a specific species or herd management issue. For us, it's about really being that united voice of hunters to protect the core values. We call them traditional American values of God, family, country, and our hunting and outdoor lifestyle. It's really what's at the heart of Hunter Nation. So we started about 18 months ago. The organization were formed. We've built out other key capabilities as we've moved forward in our, in our mission. And really, it's focused on uniting hunters to protect these traditions through policy change, through engagement and activation of hunters to get out there and vote their values, and really to just be that united voice for hunters in the grassroots policy and government space.
0: Well, we've got a lot at stake for hunting, hunters, those that love the great outdoors, In these November elections, we're going to take uh, our next break right now, but when we come back, I want you to tell us what's at stake for hunters in this November election. So, folks, we return, we're going to continue our visit with Luke and focus on what's at stake for us as hunters in the upcoming election. It's all right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. This is Rob Kek, and we will be right
6: back. We all have it, whether it was passed down from our fathers or grandfathers. We knew it was there, inside us. That need, that longing to walk among the wild. But it's more than just our love of the outdoors that keeps us coming back. It's knowing we serve a purpose, to give more than we take. That we're here to carry on a legacy and become stewards of our wildlife. This place embodies that legacy with over a mile and a half of walkable trails and 35,000 live fish, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, and birds to teach and inspire. Stop, and you'll feel it. Listen, and you'll hear it. Asking you to share the wonder. The Wonders of Wildlife National Museum and Aquarium. Share the wonder. And we are back. And thanks for tuning in to
0: Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And if you just tuned in, we're visiting with the CEO of Hunter Nation, Luke Hilgeman. Luke, there's a lot at stake for us as hunters, recreational shooters, conservation. When we look at these elections in November, what is at stake? Share with our listeners. I know we've talked about it with a number of different guests over the last couple months, but I want you to nail it for us if you would.
5: Yeah, to me, Rob, it, it is the very viability of these traditions being passed on to the next generation. You know, people say that, 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 that there's no way people are going to take me out of the woods. They're not going to take away my firearms. They're not going to take away these opportunities. And all I have to point to is what happened during this <laughs> latest pandemic. we across the board. We were closed out of the woods. We were pushed off of the lakes. And we were told that we couldn't go out and pursue our passion for the outdoors. It's very clear that this, this opposition to our lifestyle has a, a, an agenda that is well-funded, well-organized, and they are ready to try and push all of us out of the woods forever. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm fighting every day to make sure that I do everything I can to make sure those traditions are being able to be passed on to my kids and hopefully one day my grandkids, because that's what's at stake. That's the very core of who we are as hunters god family country and protecting these traditions and opportunities to get to the outdoors that's all at stake if this election goes in a direction that is opposite <clears throat> of where we need we need it to go
0: well when you look at this election we've got to make sure we're voting our sport is there any truth to the statement though that hunters and anglers are an unreliable unreliable voting block any truth to that
5: 100% <clears throat> true unfortunately when I got over, when I first got started with the group, uh, the co-founders came to me and said, "We've we got to try and fix this problem that hunters don't vote." And it didn't sit right with me. You know I've made my career working in politics and government, and I always thought that hunters were a reliable voting block, and that they would vote at high percentages because they understood the importance of going out and protecting and picking uh, leaders at all levels of government who protected our outdoor lifestyle. And unfortunately, what I found is it's quite the opposite. When I started doing the research, I took a look at key states from Wisconsin to Pennsylvania to Texas and looked at the number of licensed hunters and anglers that we have in each one of these states and then bumped it up against a voter roll to see how often they were voting. And what I found was just mind-blowing. Less than 40 to 50% of actual licensed hunters of voting age are going out and voting their values on a regular basis. And that's the problem that we're trying to fix with Hunt the Vote.
0: 50%. Give me, give me an example of a state where unreliability uh, is, that you've found, a swing state. Give us an so example.
5: My, my home state of Wisconsin, <clears throat> Rob, is the one that I go back to because, again, I make my life here. It's where I was born and raised. And to see what's happened with this group of people, my voting is just, it's, it's unbelievable to me. We have just over a million license hunters here in the state of Wisconsin. And when you take a look at the numbers, you're looking at a population of 480,000 of them who sat out the elections in 2016 and 2018, and it gets worse. we got another population of those same folks who aren't even registered to vote. And so as you sit here trying to talk about protecting our outdoor traditions and getting to the woods and, and sharing these opportunities with people, It's just unbelievable to me that these same folks don't see the value in taking a few minutes and getting to the voting booth, educating themselves, and voting for the actual leaders who are going to protect these traditions moving forward.
0: Mm -hmm. What was the number of votes that provided the margin of victory for President Trump in this 2016 election?
5: In my home state of Wisconsin, it was 22,000 votes. He carried Wisconsin by 22,000 votes. In Michigan, it was less. It was just over ten thousand. Another one of those states where we have a population fifty percent of licensed hunters in the state of Michigan. You're looking at over a half a million folks did not vote in Michigan, who are licensed hunters or anglers. Man,
0: we've got a big job ahead of us, and we have very little time to take care of it. When you know, then you could say that every vote counts, and you know, so many people don't think that it counts and this is what brings us to the importance of hunt the vote tell us about hunt the vote
5: the so hunt the vote is a, it, it's an an event that we launched here about five months ago really focused on what are we doing to get out there and talk to these hunters who just don't see the value in getting to the to the polling booth and finding a way to activate them and engage them to get out and see that if you don't go to the polls and you don't go out and vote to protect the lifestyle and the traditions that we share, they can be gone in a generation, less than a generation. And so what we've done is we've created live events where we're out there in the communities with folks like Ted Nugent, Michael Waddell, Ralph and Vicki, yourself, uh, just premier stars in the hunting and outdoor world who've partnered with us to take this message and get it out there to as many folks as possible, that if we don't vote, our traditions, our lifestyle... The hunting and fishing and and the outdoor lifestyle that we love is in jeopardy. And so, so far, we've had multiple live events. We've done a bunch of virtual events as well. We have a full slate of events that are coming up in our priority states from September to November, all again with that one focus in mind, uniting hunters to go out and vote their values in 2020 to make sure that the leaders that we have at all levels of government are protecting the lifestyle that we love and we cherish.
0: Luke, why do you think it is that uh, we've got so many that aren't even registered to vote or those that are registered don't go to the voting booth, don't go to the polls when the election comes about in November? What What, what are your thoughts on this?
5: You know, I think in conversations with folks all across the country, we've been out on the road, as I said, and I think the, the two common themes that come up, number one, well, I'm just one person. I'm just one man. What does my one vote really matter? And to them, I say, well, gosh, it matters a lot, right? Because if that one person becomes 10,000 same voices, and now we see the numbers where it's hundreds of thousands of those same voices that are sitting it out, we have a real problem. And again, as you said at the top of the show, we're not telling them who to vote for. We're just telling them to educate themselves, make sure they know which politicians, regardless of their political stripes, stand on the side of hunting and outdoor opportunities for all. Make sure that they get out there and pick those leaders at all levels of government. Make sure that we're the ones that are driving this opportunity forward to protect it for the future. I think the other common theme that we hear from folks is, again, they're never going to push me out of the woods. They're never going to take away my opportunity to hunt. They're never going to take away my guns. And the reality is harsh and as real as they are, there's a well-organized, well-funded opposition to our lifestyle that's out there every day spending hundreds of millions of dollars to try and take all of us all of us, out of the woods.
0: Well, we saw it this past spring. I mean, the number of states that I had planned to hunt this spring were not allowing non-residents to come in. Some states didn't even allow residents to come in to turkey hunt. Uh, We saw it even across the border uh, in Canada. I mean it's just amazing how it shut things down. We got a lot more to talk about. We're gonna take our final break. We return, gonna continue our visit with Luke and you're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. This is Rob Keck, and we will be right
3: back. Embrace the rustic elegance of a bygone era at Big Cedar Lodge. Located ten miles south of Branson, Missouri. Big Cedar Lodge is a masterpiece that brings together natural beauty and contemporary luxury. Visitors are invited to explore and experience some of the most popular amenities here. At Big Cedar Lodge, you'll find casual dining options in an unparalleled atmosphere, with signature dishes and local favorites highlighting classic menu items. Take in spectacular views at Devil's Pool, live entertainment at the Buzzard Bar, or relax at Truman Coffee and Café all surrounded by the natural ambiance of the Ozark Mountains. One of the newest additions to the property is Cedar Creek Spa. This 18,000 square foot world-class spa is a private oasis with soothing pools, fireplaces, and a full-service salon. In addition to the complete spa experience, there are private suites available. All of these features make Big Cedar an ideal destination for weddings, corporate gatherings, and more. Families have been visiting Big Cedar Lodge for generations, looking to experience what many call a little piece of heaven on earth. To learn more, visit BigCedar.com or call 1-800-BC-Lodge. And welcome back
0: to our final segment of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We've been having an educational and enlightening visit with the CEO of Hunter Nation, my good friend Luke Hilgeman. Luke, share with us what Hunt the Vote is achieving. I know you've got some numbers. Uh, I know you've worked really hard. So many people have been working hard to get people to, to get registered. Tell us a little bit about what's actually has have taken place so far.
5: Yeah, so since we launched Hunt the Vote, we've had over 3 million visitors to our website. Folks that have come on board and taken a look at who we are, what we're trying to accomplish people that have come back repeated times and used it as a resource. So huntthevote.org, we've literally created a one-stop shop for hunters, anglers, people who love the outdoors to use it, to register to vote, to figure out where their voting places are, to get educated about where these candidates stand on the issues that matter to us sportsmen, and really using it for that resource to get them out there to vote. So, so far, again, we've had just over 3 million folks who've been on our platforms Uh, The greater thing for me is we've had over 100,000 hunters who signed our I Hunt, I Vote pledge. This is an online pledge that anybody can sign who believes in the outdoors and wants to go out and say that they're going to be a part of this massive, what we hope is a massive upswell, of hunters getting to the polls to vote for our leaders who will protect our lifestyle. We've got 100,000 of them so far, our goal is to get to a half a million before the election happens this November. And we're giving away incredible prizes. We have amazing sponsorships across the board where people for just going out and signing, telling people that they're going to go vote can win, you know, a tactical firearm or a deer stand or an optics package, you name it. Um, It's basically a hunter stimulus package that uh, Hunt the Vote is giving (laughs) away for people just to sign the pledge that says, I'm going to go vote my values this fall. Wow. Well,
0: tell us about the online events that are taking place with Hunt the Vote.
5: So we've had, you know, again, because of COVID and the pandemic, we've had to shift a lot of our resources that we're going to be going to live events out in the community are now focused on virtual campfires where we bring our celebrities on and talk for an hour about current events, about hunting stories, about uh, their experiences in the outdoors and why they're a part of, of Hunter Nation and Hunter Nation Foundation. We have two a week that we're doing right now. And we've reached over two million people have viewed those um, live events that we're doing virtually. And the cooler thing for me, Rob, is that we well not not only that we've reached a lot of people watching this stuff, but we know on average we have about twenty thousand folks that are watching from start to end. It's an hour-long program. They come and join us every Tuesday and Thursday, and they get to hear from premier celebrities in the outdoor world talking about their favorite hunting stories and why they see it as such an important part of their mission is to get out there and vote their values. So we're pretty excited about the project and we're going to keep those things moving forward all the way to November.
0: Well, Luke, you mentioned some big names, well-recognized names uh, in that earlier segment. Who are, again, some of those recognizable names supporting the effort?
5: So we've been really blessed. Um, Not only yourself, Rob, but we get you got guys like Ted Nugent. Uncle Ted has been out on the road with us. He's a true champion for us. Michael Waddell and the Bone Collector crew, all of those boys, have the same kind of deal. They're all in for Hump the Vote. We also have Ralph and Vicki Cian Cirillo. We have uh, Henry and Lakeisha Woodard. We have. Uh, we just picked up uh, Levi Morgan and his wife Samantha are joining us out on the road in Pennsylvania. Uh, it's ba- basically, you can turn on the outdoor channel or the Sportsman's Network And just about all of those folks that you see out there with a professional hunting show going on are a part of Hunt the Vote. So we're really blessed to have some key advisors and some trusted friends like you who are out there helping us spread the message and get as many people as they can to go to huntthevote.org, sign the pledge, and make sure that people know the value of getting out there and being an active participant, not just in the outdoors, but in the voting booth as well.
4: Yeah.
0: I want you to, once again... Share with us the number of licensed sportsmen and women that are not registered to vote. And give it to us nationally. Can yep. you give nationally,
5: us that number? we're looking at just have over 15 million licensed hunters across the country. Less than 50% of them are actually voting. So we're looking at numbers across the board of more than 7 million licensed hunters of voting age who did not vote in the 2016 or 2018 election. And if you take a look at that number, when you get down to those key states like Wisconsin, Texas, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Florida, Ohio, Minnesota—states where we know that there are large pockets of hunters—that can have a real marginal difference on every election, be it for local dog catcher all the way up to the president—you're looking at 2.3 million voters who have sat out the elections in the last two cycles for one reason or another. These are true. Well, you think? Figures. Yeah, you think about that
0: margin of victory in 2016, and the number that you just mentioned, this will make, can make, a huge difference.
5: No doubt about it. American hunters can be the difference makers, not only in this fall's elections, but every election moving forward, if we just get out, register to vote, educate ourselves, and vote our values to protect our lifestyle.
0: Where can our listeners engage to make a difference, Luke?
5: Go to huntthevote.org. Check out the platform. Again, we have all 50 states in there. Take you right into your state elections bureau. Help you to get registered. Help you to educate yourself about where the candidates that are running to represent you, where they stand on these issues. Help you make a plan to get out there to vote. Help you request an absentee ballot form if you so choose. And again, I think that's another thing that we've we've talked about is it's November. And people, especially whitetail hunters, they want to be in the woods because that's the peak of the rut. And so they it's do. another thing where people can get out there. There's no excuse. We've made it incredibly easy to request an absentee ballot form and make sure that on, on your way to your hunting land or your hunting lease that you turn in that absentee ballot and make sure that your voice is heard in these upcoming elections.
0: Yep. Final thought. Last ten seconds.
5: Well, Rob, I just thank you. I thank everybody who's been already out there and has signed our pledge to vote. Make sure that you go to huntthevote.org, sign the pledge, share the pledge. And just as as American hunters, see it as a responsibility and a duty to go out there and protect the very freedoms that have been passed down to all of us for generations. Our grandfathers, our forefathers passed it down to us. Now we need to make sure we're doing everything we can to pass it down to our kids and grandkids. And that starts with picking our leaders. So go to huntthevote.org, sign the pledge, and get out there and vote your values in 2020.
0: Well said. Luke, congratulations. Thanks for your leadership. Thanks for your time today. Thank you for making a huge difference in the lives of so many. May God richly bless you and the great work that you're doing. Thanks so much. Folks, that's going to wrap it up today here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And this is Rob Kackenby, half of Bass Pro Shops, where your adventure always starts right here. Thanks for answering the call. That call to observing our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage.
1: We'll see you next week. This has been Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, talking all things outdoors, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, your outdoor leader. Join us next Saturday and every Saturday for more special guests and unique locations.